G'day mate, 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 how are you? It is good to have you here. Welcome back to another episode of the Exponential Performance Podcast. In this episode, I take a look at how to progress your training when you're doing the same amount of training each week, and then also how to deal with the low points in your training and dig yourself out of it when it comes to energy and motivation. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. Join sports scientist and performance coach Maddie Graham to find out how to train smarter and maximize your performance no matter who you are. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. I'm Maddie Graham, and it is so good to have you tuned in listening. I hope you've had a good week and things are going well with your training. I don't know about you, but I am loving this spring weather. Things are starting to warm up, and there's definitely a hint of summer in the air here in New Zealand, which is very, very nice. Just as a reminder before we crack into things, I'm still getting a lot of questions from people emailing me, which is cool, but if you would like your question featured on the podcast, please send me a voice message. You can send me a voice message by simply going over to the Exponential Performance Coaching website under the podcast tab, click on any of the episodes of the Exponential Performance Podcast down at the bottom of the page, there is a button to click to answer, to ask, sorry, a voice question. Simply click that button, record a short voice message, and I will get it on the podcast and I will get it sorted for you. If you do not want your question answered on the podcast, but you still would like me to answer it, but you're not one of my individual athletes that I work with, you can do that for a very small fee by heading over to my ReachMe account, reach.me slash Matty Graham. Ask your question over there. I can provide you some personalized advice without the fee of my personalized coaching. So two ways to do things there voice message for the podcast, or head over to my ReachMe account. Now, following up on last week's episode of the podcast, episode 26, I had a few comments and questions around the single speed training. And I just wanted to provide some final thoughts, my final thoughts around single speed training. Because I'm not anti-single speeding. If you like single speeding, then Get amongst it, you know, whatever makes you happy. But if we're talking about performance, my thoughts are, on a bike, gears are a training tool. They change the amount of force you have to put in the pedals to turn them over to generate a certain amount of power. Now, while a single speed does offer aspects of beneficial training, such as overspeed work when you're undergeared, and then overgeared high force work, such as when you're climbing a hill and you don't quite have a gear to maintain optimal cadence. But what I would say is why leave this important part of training up to chance? Why would you leave that up to chance if you were serious about your training? 
the chance that you're going to get a downhill section where you're going to be slightly over speed so you're going to have to work on your high cadence work or the chance that you're going to encounter a hill where you've got to stand up and really mash the gears down at 50 rpm just to get up it get up it because you're over geared i think the thing people keep forgetting is that these things can be done on a single speed but they can also very easily and should be done on a geared bike. You should be doing overspeed work where you deliberately undergear yourself and work on high cadence efforts. And you should definitely be including some high force overgeared efforts in there as well. The thing with a geared bike is you can be more specific about it. You can add the right thing in at the right time rather than just leaving it to chance that there's going to be a hill coming up. Or there's going to be a downhill section where you're overgeared. So that's my final thoughts on single speed training. They're a great idea, but why would you leave your training up to chance when you can just choose your gearing on a geared bike that gives you the right gearing at the right time for whatever training adaptation you're after? Enough on that. Let's jump in to our first topic of the day, which is progressing your training when you train the same amount of time every week. Boom. So I got this question about what to do if you can only train for the same amount of time every week. So here's the question. How can an athlete adapt to training if he or she always does the same amount of hours each week? For example, somebody trains 15 hours over a four to five week period and it's just just different key workouts during the time but the duration is always very similar. There's no easy week like less hours or less intensity. The person is also juggling work and juggles training around that. How does it work for adaptation and recovery? Or is there a better way of doing things uh, versus doing things over and over again? So a very interesting question, and I think it applies probably to a lot of people who have got a similar amount of time to commit to their training every week and just sort of get stuck in that routine of the same sessions, uh, the same routes that they may be trained on, the same courses, um, the same sessions, whether they be group sessions or individual sessions, and things just became the same over that week. So I would say it is very common for this. And the key thing with training is that you need to do the same thing a number of times so the body gets used to it. But if you do the same thing over and over again, the body gets used to it and doesn't adapt any further. So the key thing with training is doing the same thing but doing it slightly different to get the adaptation or to get the continued adaptation. So the first thing I would suggest is there needs to be a clear separation between load phases or load weeks and recovery weeks. This is really important because it's not only the training stress and recovery that occurs during the training sessions that gives you the adaptation but it is the accumulative training stress over multiple weeks. 
So this is why in traditional periodization, there's usually three load weeks and then followed by one recovery week. These load weeks are usually progressive. So the first one is a moderate level, the second one might be slightly harder, and then the third one is the biggest training volume of them all. And then it's followed by a low level recovery week to allow the body to recover and absorb, if you like, or soak up all of the training that's occurred during those three-week loading phase. Now, a three-week loading phase is, is quite a long time, and I find that athletes who hold down a job or study or work, that it's quite hard for them to pull off three good quality load weeks. So typically, I program people two load weeks followed by one recovery week, or if they've got a very busy life outside of training with work or family, I'll often program one load week and one recovery week. In my view, there is no right way of doing it. There's obviously that model of three to one being sort of the textbook way to periodize things, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't work for the athlete, then there's no point in doing it. If they're, if they're getting sick by the second week because the load of life is too big combined with the training, then you're better off to dial things back. The key thing to remember is that the body responds to all stress the same on a systemic level, meaning that when the body experiences stress of any kind, it could be training stress, it could be life stress, it could be having to get up in the night to a sick child, it could be early morning starts, all of the stress that the body experiences, it responds on the same on a systemic level. There's a cortisol release, there's an adrenaline release. All of these things happen no matter what. If the amount of cortisol in the body builds up, builds up, you get a suppression of the immune system and this leads to into illness, okay? Or the susceptibility of illness. So it, it's really important that life stress is also taken in when planning training loads. So a little bit off topic there, but the key thing is that there needs to be a clear separation between the load weeks and the recovery weeks. And in the question you heard, the person asked that there wasn't actually any difference between the load. Now, when I talk about load, most people automatically think of training duration or training time and that's a very easy one to quantify you know you head out the door you start your stopwatch you stop it when you get back and you've got a training time it's it's the most basic training um, metric out there but remember you could have two weeks of exactly the same duration but very different training loads one week you could do eight hours of training at a very low intensity in zone one or active recovery and that would be a very different load to if you did eight hours of really high intensity zone four zone five work so just because you're training the same amount of time doesn't mean that you cannot change the load so it's not so much about training more but a training differently Okay, training differently because time is just one variable. So if you've got the same amount of time to train every single week, that's fine. But you just need to think about training differently to make the body adapt to that different stress. Because if you do the same thing over and over again, your body will stop adapting. So what could we change? Well, I just mentioned intensity. 
So you could change your intensity of the sessions. You could add in some interval training, boost that intensity up. Or you could also, same thing as increasing intensity, but you could increase the resistance. Okay, so if you're running or cycling, hit the hills. That increase in resistance is not only going to increase your intensity in terms of power output and heart rate but also in terms of strength endurance you're going to need more force to turn the pedals over or take those steps up the hills if you're kayaking chuck some bungees on your boat to uh, slow you down and to make it a more of a strength endurance focus more force per paddle stroke is required in the pool using hand paddles or pool boys So what we can do is we can have the same amount of time committed to our training, but we can make it, if you like, harder or more intense by changing some variables around that. Also, food intake around training is actually a stimulus in itself. If you start doing some of your sessions fasted, it's going to increase your metabolic efficiency. Your body's going to get better at utilizing the stored fat as a fuel. It's going to make more mitochondria in the muscles that are getting used. It's going to store the fat actually closer to those mitochondria as well. So again, you could take the same ride that you do, let's say a three-hour ride on the weekend as a long ride, and you could do it with no fuel and do it before breakfast and get a very different training adaptation compared to if you did that same three-hour ride and you did it fully fueled. So the key thing is is to do the same thing but a little bit different. So another example I'll give is a commuting route. So I personally do quite a lot of commuting on my bike. And I have a commute that I do that is about spot on 45 minutes, okay? Now, this makes up a large portion of my training. But within that 45-minute commuting ride, I can have very, very different rides depending on what I choose to do. So I could obviously do that 45-minute ride at an easy or a steady pace. Or... What I do is I can ramp up the intensity by doing some intervals on that same commuting route and it works out at about the same time overall. I can obviously do intervals that are longer, more sustained, say four times four minutes, which is a classic session for anaerobic threshold development with two minutes of recovery. Or sometimes I do a lot shorter power intervals along the way. Or I can simply ride the the route based on the terrain. There's a few little hills within it, and often I will climb the hills really, really hard and cruise on the flats. Climb the hills really, really hard, cruise on the flat. So it still works out around that 45-minute time frame, but I can change the training load simply by what I'm doing within that time. So... If you are doing the same amount or time or duration of training each week, that is fine. But what you really need to do is focus on changing what you're doing and doing something slightly different. If you don't, your body will adapt to that training load that you are doing. And then from that, you will get minimal adaptations above and beyond where you're at. 
So if you are serious about improving your performance, think about how you can tweak and adjust things. It doesn't mean that you have to train more, you just have to train slightly different. I hope you found that useful. Post a comment below in the comment section about how you go about adjusting your training or if you've got any other questions pertaining to that. All right, let's have a look at our next question. Earlier in the week, I was having this conversation with an athlete that I work with. And I thought it'd be quite interesting to share here, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So this is what the person said. They said, I started off with a little bit less sleep this week than I wanted to, and it's all been downhill from there. It's a combination of lack of motivation and just not having enough hours in the day to get out there and do what I planned. And when I do get out there, I feel a little bit flat. I imagined weeks like this would come along from time to time, but do you have any advice about how to get over low spots? Do you keep pushing through, or is it better to take some time out and rest up? And do you have any tips for avoiding low spots in the first place? So, it happens. It's a very normal thing to have these low spots in your training. One week you feel like everything is going really, really well, It's going brilliantly, you're feeling strong and fit and then life turns around and punches you in in the face and you feel terrible. And I think the key thing to know is that you are going to have sessions that aren't going to be great and I don't think every session should be great because if every session is great, it probably means you're not working hard enough because every session, if it's great, you're probably going into it fresh, you're going into it well-fueled, you're going into it you know, in a perfect condition. And if you are following a periodized training program, you shouldn't be in perfect condition all of the time, because sometimes you're going to be more fatigued than others. And depending on the training strategies that you are using, you may not be bouncing off the walls with with each session because remember it's not only the training load from each session that matters but the accumulative training load so what do you do when you have these low times during your training do you rest up or do you push through well I personally find that I need to rest up during these low times and this is Because normally these low times, where it be low motivation, low energy, happen in conjunction with a busy time at work or just in life in general. And if I was to push through with training, it just means I'd end up worse off than I was, um, you know, because I'd get sick or just really tired and run down. And this is what I would recommend to a lot of athletes is when you are having these low times is to take a little bit of time out and freshen up usually it only takes one or two days and maybe if it's uh, to do with motivation maybe the weather is starting to get you down maybe it's you know just the routine of training is to go and do something different and often that's all is needed to sort of spark you back up I think it's also good to keep in mind that all of your training sessions aren't going to be amazing and I've referred to it before in another episode of the podcast but 
One thing I like to think about is something I heard from uh, strength and conditioning coach Dan John, and he and he says that out of every five sessions, and I like to think of it as five sessions per discipline of what you're doing, that you're going to have one out of those five that is absolutely terrible. Everything goes wrong. You know, you can't find your heart rate monitor. You can't find your favorite socks. You know, you've got a flat tire when you go to get on your bike. You know, things don't even start off well before you get out the door. And then when you do get out the door, you feel terrible. You feel like you're creeping along super slowly, just crawling. It's an embarrassment to be even seen out, you know, training because you feel so fat and slow. But remember, it's not the end of the world. These sessions will happen. So that's one terrible one per five sessions. The other thing is that you're going to have one amazing session in every five. These are the sessions that you remember. You feel so incredibly strong. It's a no chain day on the bike. You are riding so well, it feels like you haven't even got a chain on your bike. Every hill, you just are crushing it. You feel strong, you're performing well, you feel like you should be in the national team at the world champs representing your country because you're going so well. The remaining three sessions out of that five are just going to be another day at the office. You punch in, you punch out, nothing great happens but you get the job done. You're ticking the boxes but it's nothing to write home about. Now, I usually find that if you're having a low patch in your training, whether it be with energy or motivation, that these sessions where you're just getting the job done another day at the office, they can start to feel worse and worse compared to what they actually are, even if they're, if they're, even if they are okay, they don't feel great because of your general mood suppression. So keep that in mind. Every session's not going to be a golden one, but some of them are, and you are going to get them, and you need to hold on to them. I think one of the key things to remember with low spots is that they are going to come, and they are going to pass. So enjoy them while they're here. It is an opportunity. I always like to look for the opportunity in things versus just focusing on the negatives. If you're having a low spot, it's an opportunity to get out and do something else, to change it up, to have a rest, to do some reading, to have a sleep in, to go on a little bit of a holiday, a weekend away, spend more time with your family, your core supporters, get some more massage, do some more stretching, spend some more time in the gym. There are always things that you can do that are uh, that are contributing to your goal without actually having to be out there doing physical training. How do you minimize these low spots? Well, I like to think of it as doing the things that your mum always told you to do. Okay, what should you be doing? Do the things that mum always said you should do. Go to bed early, you know. I've talked about sleep on the podcast before and there is so much mounting evidence for sleep and performance on so many different levels in terms of injury prevention, fat loss and just 
general recovery as well. So get to bed early and get at least eight hours of sleep. You know, that's something your mum has always told you to do. You don't need research to tell you that sleep is good for you, okay? If you don't get sleep, it's terrible. You know, they use sleep deprivation when they capture prisoner of wars and they want to get information out of them. They will keep them up. They will interrupt their sleep patterns because they want to mess with their head. They want to drive them down. So get that sleep. It is key for you. What's another thing that your mum always said to you? Eat your fruits and vegetables. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Fruit and veg contain so many good things, you know, apart from all of the fiber, the water, the vitamins, the minerals. It It's just good for you, okay? It supports a healthy immune system as well as being good for the prevention of cancer, okay? It's one of the leading factors in cancer risk is fruit and vegetables so get them in you if it's going to be good for your immune system it's going to be good for your training what else did your mum talk to you about drink water you know mum knew what she was on about well before there were podcasts out there telling you about nutrition training sleep biohacking and all this crap just do the basics and do them right get lots of sleep eat your fruit and veg drink water and look after yourself the key thing i think is remember why you signed up to this goal in the first place why did you sign up for this goal if you cannot remember why you signed up then there's probably no even point in pursuing it it can't be that important to you so refocus on that goal at hand. Why is it important? Why are you bothering putting this effort into this task? Keep your eye on the prize and keep pushing forward. A little bit of time out here and there can be really good for the training process to revitalize you in terms of your motivation, but also physically as well. Often the body just needs a little bit more rest because of those external stimulus impacting on you as well. Not only training, but work, family, social life, etc., etc. So don't be so hard on yourself. Get some rest if you need it, but keep your eye on that prize and keep pushing forward. Post a comment below if you can relate to this. Do you have low patches in your training? And what do you do when you do have these low patches? How do you dig yourself up out of that hole? Well, there you have it, team. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Exponential Performance Podcast. Remember, if you have got any questions that you would like me to feature on the podcast, please head over to the Exponential Performance Coaching website underneath the podcast tab. Leave me a voice message of your question. I am still getting a lot of people just emailing me questions. So I really want uh, to be able to feature voice questions on here. So please do that. Also, if you have a question that you don't want answered in the public forum, such as this podcast, send me the question over on my ReachMe account. So it's just reach.me slash Graham. And I'll answer that question for you. So there you have it. Get out there, train hard this week, but most importantly, train smart.
how are you? It is good to have you here. Welcome back to another episode of the Exponential Performance Podcast. In this episode, we are talking. What the fuck are we talking about? I can't even remember. <laughs> 